we we moved where we, he was yeah, where, we, where we, y'all sit he was our he, guinea pig he sat close like right over here. here and so he was like <laughs> it, it was worse yeah i think this is just a reason why we should change this room and make it better it would have to be like completely knocked out like this wall would have to come down for I everybody mean, to fit in the like way you want it to like what's in this cabinet nothing of use so can we get rid of it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. And then, like, what's all that stuff? Uh, I mean, I know the camera charging stuff. Yeah. It, it, stuff that could move, honestly. I just have to hide it. You tell me when, and I'll come in here and Let's help hide. you move it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And welcome to another lovely episode of the My College Story Podcast. I'm Miranda Davis. And I'm Brian Motto. And we're excited to have another one of our lovely alum in the house, a lady alum. Very woo, excited. Woo. We're very excited. She, We caught her on a good time because she's just happened to be in town this week. We're like, come see us. Please, please, please. Probably the only week this summer, right? Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So today we are talking to Allie Werner. Welcome, Allie. Thank you for having me. Welcome back. Yeah. Um, Allie graduated 2016. Okay, and this was a question. Are you an Alpha Omega? Yes, I She's, am. Okay, mm-hmm. we didn't Alpha know. I, didn't, I couldn't find it anywhere. I felt mm-hmm. confident but unconfident at the same time with that. <laughs> um, we started Miss Edgman's class. There okay. you go. I was yeah. like, we probably should have just asked Mr. Edgman, but he was probably <laughs> in a meeting and we, could, we couldn't catch him. Um, and then you are you played soccer. And what other things were you involved in when you were here? At All Saints, uh-huh. um, I did debate for a short period of time. Yeah. I did the TAPS competitions. I don't know. Is that what they're still yeah. called yeah, now? Yeah, they still are. TAPS, I could, we are the reigning champions of them. Yeah, won this year. I was in a few clubs, but I honestly yeah. couldn't tell you what they were at this you point. You spent your time with soccer. Yeah, yeah. I played a, I played mostly soccer. Yes. You traveled to Dallas, right, for your club teams right. and everything. Yeah, so. three to four times a week my mom yeah. would drive That's me. all? I'm I'm like that's all what do you mean okay facetious gotcha um but I also have here a record-setting soccer player at All Saints Physical School because didn't you wasn't because I remember this because I was in the marketing world during this time didn't you have like some record-setting goals that you did or something like that like it was the goals I scored Mm -hmm. throughout my time all four years at mm -hmm. All Saints she's not going to brag about it she's going to be like too humble most career goals she's awesome (laughs) that's what that means but, but yeah, so you, it's been, a, it's been a minute since you've been here, but you've done some awesome things. So. Yeah, no. So when we started talking about having alum back in, you were absolutely one of the first person <laughs> people we wanted to, to, to have back just your experiences from senior year through really through now are, are, I think have a lot of lessons that our listeners, especially our students uh, can learn from, can gain, gain from your knowledge. And so we were, we were excited to to have you back. Um, so leading into it, I, yeah, th- that was a bad, no, I'm good. sorry, bad transition by me. So, um, thinking back to senior year, soccer was a part of your college search, but what, what were the things that were leading your college search? What were those non-negotiables that you were looking for in a college that as you were going through it, you were really looking hard at? I guess for me, the most important thing was academics. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice 
academics to play soccer. And so I knew that I wanted to go to a good academic school, whether that was a division one academic intense school, like an Ivy League, or it was a D3 school that was more academic intense. And I was willing to maybe sacrifice the level of soccer that I was willing to play to be able to go to a school like that. And at the same time, I was wanting to use my soccer abilities to add something else to my application and kind of make me stand out from other applicants at these highly competitive schools. And I think soccer definitely gave me advantage. And uh, a lot of these schools want to admit athletes because often, like at MIT, the athletes have a much higher GPA than the rest of the school. So they see that athletes are kind of a desirable population. So that was important to me. Yep. And just because soccer was one of those kind of, I guess, hooks for you, doesn't mean that you were slacking in the classroom. Let's just go ahead and, and again, humble brag on yeah. Allie. She was one of the top students in her class that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy high test scores, GPA, all the APs. So you had all the other, you had all the academic pieces that you needed as well. So I guess that's why you didn't want to yeah, sacrifice I guess the... Also at the same time <laughs> though, I wasn't even in the top 5% or whatever it was to get it into UT. I didn't get mm-hmm. auto admit to UT yeah. or any of those things. So I think it's also important to emphasize just because your GPA isn't super, super high. I mean, I had a 4.0, but when it came down to the statistical numbers, I wasn't higher than a couple other people, but I took all the AP science classes, the math classes that I could, and that was more important to me. And in the end, that was better than taking classes that could have boosted my GPA. And I think the test scores were obviously an important part of that too. So what you're saying is ranking and, um, uh, top 10% did not factor in your success in getting into college. No, I don't think, I don't even think MIT looked at my ranking. It was more of how are my grades Mm -hmm. and AP chem or AP bio or AP whatever. Mm -hmm. And what were my math and science test scores? And that was pretty much it. Ting, ting, ting. Another winner, another winner for the college advising office. (laughs) Yep. All right. So tell us, tell us about your major in college how you came to decide on it, and where you are today with it. Okay, so I went into college knowing I wanted to do something bio-related, at least math, science, engineering, um, big reason why I chose MIT. But I took a couple classes my freshman year. So MIT does this thing where all freshmen take two semesters of physics, a bio semester, a semester of chemistry, and then a couple semesters of math that's automatically required, whether or not you're an engineering major or you're a English major, everyone has to take it. And I think that was a good way for me to figure out what I'm good at and what I'm interested in. And I took bio my freshman fall and obviously knew that was something I wanted to continue with. But then I also took some math classes and then continued on and decided that maybe I wanted to combine the engineering and the bio. So I decided to go with biological engineering which I think that I really enjoyed my major, but I would say my major was kind of a conglomeration of a bunch of majors because (laughs) bioengineering is just engineering with bio-based problems. Mm -hmm. So I would say I took a bunch of mechanical engineering classes, chemical, electrical engineering, but it was just, you're talking about cells versus, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a computer. (laughs) But I would say I enjoyed my major and 
I definitely left it kind of in grad school, but it definitely influenced everything that I'm doing now. Yeah. And what are you doing now? Um, right now I am at Tufts in Boston doing my PhD in immunology. So I'm studying the immune system and I just joined a lab where we study HIV infection in the female genital tract. Awesome. That's kind of cool. It's a busy summer. Yes. That'll be my next five to six years. (laughs) Good stuff. Okay. So thinking back, concentrating on that, that undergrad piece right now, obviously as an athlete, you have a whole added level to your life. And you even said that at MIT and at a lot of schools, typically athletes have higher GPAs than just students who are not playing at the intercollegiate level. So how hard was it to balance that high level of academics with the high level of, of athletics and, and kind of maybe what was that, what was your secret to making sure you were successful in, in each? Cause you did have a great college career and on the soccer field as well. I would definitely say that planning ahead was my biggest biggest key to success and it's got to the point where with soccer we would practice every day from five to seven but you have to obviously be there at four to stretch get your ankles taped to get ready so then it became like a four to eight p.m time chunk that was taken out of my day every single day so it turned into okay I know I'm not going to be productive with work from four to eight so I have to do my work in the morning or do it in spurts between classes or do it late at night, which I often was up really late at night. But I also had to manage my time on the weekends, which meant Friday nights were strictly all work, no play. And then Saturdays, we were usually gone the whole day for a game. And then Saturday night was like the time I allowed to spend time with my friends and go out and do things. But I think definitely was I had to kind of accept that these are times that I just cannot go out and play and I have to sit down and do work. And it was helpful because I surrounded myself with people who also felt the same way. So we were all working on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. We're all working throughout Sunday, every single night. But when you don't surround yourself with people who have the same priorities as you, it's difficult to stay kind of on track and motivated. So, cause you, you had the temptations. You just had to make sure that you consciously made the decision right and I think having friends who kind of have the same goals and motivations made me stay on track for sure was that all your soccer friends or were there other people um it was mostly my soccer friends but Mm -hmm. I I also joined a sorority and lived in my sorority and a lot of girls in my sororities also played other sports or Mm -hmm. were or were involved with other things and kind of we all had similar goals and motivation so nice there you go very okay, good. I think one thing that we, I don't know, I think we just skipped over it. So you went to MIT, obviously. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about it. actually, as one of your questions, you said at MIT, I was like, okay, good, because we didn't mention it. Yeah, so like what was, so what, let's backtrack just a smidgen, because I'm intrigued, because I wasn't here during that part. So what, what made you, besides soccer, like what kind of made you decide MIT and what would it feel like to get into MIT? Like that's got to be a cool feeling, right? I think what made me decide MIT is I toured the campus mm-hmm. and I saw kind of how weird it was and how like <laughs> niche and I just saw everyone there is very involved in their own things and their own research yeah. and very passionate about it. And it was kind of a culture that I was wanting was I wanted to be around people who were just as passionate about the same things that I was. Mm -hmm. And I got that on a tour. And then I stayed overnight with 
um, some soccer girls when I was visiting. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is a place that I want to go. This is my kind of weird. Yes. I like that. And then, um, I, I didn't know if I was going to get in because mm-hmm. MIT does their admissions very differently than a lot of other schools for athletics. So you don't get a pass in for soccer or whatever sport you're playing. You have to apply with the irregular admissions pool. Obviously like being an athlete is an extra star on your resume. Mm-hmm. So I did not know until the day that I found out with everyone else in the class. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, but they, cause I think people assume, well, you're just going to get in cause you're an athlete. So you're an automatic admin, no matter what kind of academic background that you have, but that's not the case. Yeah. It's very, and I think it's getting even more competitive now, as, yeah. especially as you get better athletes who are even smarter and then it just makes it even more competitive now. But that's awesome. I didn't know that part. That was just for me. <laughs> Cause you knew Good that information. Well, you were, you, you I, I got to it. see it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I, I most, remember most yeah. D three schools are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the, I know the Ivies you get the likely letter yeah. a lot of times. So yeah, you do know ahead of time that you're pretty much in, but I remember, yeah, we were kind of on pins and needles. Yeah. There was no likely letter for me. Yeah. I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> yep. So it was a great surprise. Yeah. Yeah. An exhausting waiting, but mm-hmm. a good surprise. Awesome. So one of my favorite memories of just being in this profession is NACAC, which is the National Association of College Admission Counseling, had their conference in Boston. I don't even remember, maybe 20, 2017, 2018. Yeah. It was one of those years. But you were, I think, maybe a sophomore, maybe? Yeah, was, was, second year, I think maybe. It was a sophomore. So when I was up there, Noah was still, Noah Fanus was still at Harvard. Abby Russell was a senior. And then you were at MIT. So you guys were all up there. And just by good luck, you guys were all able to come out to dinner with me one night. And it was, I, I do, I look back at that. I even reference that. I talk about it a lot. All it was, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved that. That just that night was so fun with you guys. But sitting at dinner with the three of you, you and I think Abby mentioned it, but then you jumped on it. Noah jumped on it. And it was, it was a great discussion. Um, Looking back at your time at All Saints and just thinking about the students that were coming into places like MIT, Harvard, um, the three of you said that there were things that you wish you would have been able to experience beforehand. Can you talk about some of those things? And maybe if you could could go back to high school, what what things would you have done? I think something that I might have changed is my perception of what was successful or what, how motivated I was at All Saints. I thought I was doing well, being successful in my classes, like the top of my class, because I was doing well in AP chemistry and AP calculus and AP bio. And then you go to college and you realize other kids from other schools did AP calculus sophomore year. And then they pushed themselves to take even more classes after that. And they made the point to do more than what even their school offered. And I think kind of the complacency maybe going back and kind of pushing myself harder to maybe see what was out there more um, other than what I just was offered, I guess. And then something big, I wish I would have learned how to code in high school. (laughs) Huge disadvantage coming into college, not knowing how to code, um, where people at other schools had taught themselves how to code. Their schools didn't offer it, but they taught themselves with they online courses. Yeah. So again, going kind of above and beyond above what, and beyond what learning. their schools maybe even had. Even if your school doesn't offer 
what calculus two or whatever you're looking going above and beyond to learn those things and push yourself. I think if you're looking to go to a higher level school, taking yourself beyond that would be, I think, something that I wish I would have done. And I wish I would have learned how to code because no matter what major you're in, if you're in a STEM field, you have to know how to code, I think. Or at least be familiar in some form or fashion. Yes. You have to just be able to at least do some things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) And those are actually over the last couple of years, some changes have been made here at All Saints. And those are things that are now offered at All Saints. So it's, it is a good opportunity for our students to be able to, to leave with that, with that information now. Right. I agree. So if you don't know how to code, I would suggest taking those classes. There you go. There's our plug. That's awesome. Boom. Done. Check. Yep. <laughs> okay. One of the things that I love about your story is the connections you made with some faculty members and then some of your internships that you were able to uh, enjoy during your undergrad years. Tell us about some of those things. So when I was a freshman at MIT, my parents specifically my mom kept saying why don't you go to grad school why would you why don't you do that why don't you go to med school I'm like I am going to MIT I'm not going to grad school this is too difficult already and then my sophomore year of college I took a class that was actually in South Africa Um, it was the professor was Bruce Walker who is a world-renowned HIV researcher and MIT took us all to South Africa for free and took us on this like elaborate class and where we were studying the HIV epidemic in South Africa. And that was kind of the start of my interest in immunology and infectious diseases. So I then joined a lab at MIT working as an undergrad, kind of in my free time during the semester. Um, It was a biological engineering lab. And then through Bruce Walker, I got a connection. He had um, some research fellows that were he knew in Seattle at a research center that studied HIV infection and kind of set me up with an internship. So my sophomore year of college, after sophomore year, I went to Seattle and worked in an HIV lab where they study infection. And then that just kept blooming into other things. And then the next year I worked at uh, Harvard and Beth Israel studying a flu infection. So kind of a bunch of infectious diseases and then COVID happened and then I went to grad school. So, And now you're going to solve all the world's problems, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm still interested in studying HIV and that was okay. all because of that one class. So awesome. I think advice I would have is you never know what you're going to enjoy. And I definitely would have never thought I would have wanted to go to grad school, but just because I took one class, I met one professor, it really changed my whole perspective on what I wanted to do mm-hmm. post-college. Yeah. Because awesome. what you went into college wanting to major in has to be different than what you're doing now. Right. Right. It's, I don't do any, I don't do as much. I do some sorts of engineering type Mm -hmm. things, but not like I was doing in undergrad. And I think you can definitely shift focus once you graduate. Just having this problem solving background in a lot of ways can kind of allow you to do whatever you want. I think. That's awesome. So how nervous was your mom when you're like, Hey, I'm going to go work in an HIV lab. (laughs) My parents were like, okay, you're just going to move across the country for a summer. And I was like, yeah, going to do it. That would make me nervous. I don't know <laughs> A little more nervous about the South, South Africa thing than... Yeah. Yeah. I then the following year, I ended up going to Nairobi for an internship, very random, working on uh, solar panels in <laughs> Nairobi. <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with my major or anything, but 
we were there for two weeks. It was for a startup. Um, they were trying to bring solar energy to rural, rural areas in Kenya. And two weeks in, there was a terrorist attack that was close to our Airbnb. Um, so then, stayed in an Airbnb uh, in Nairobi? Yes. I don't think I knew any of this. <laughs> yeah, there was a terrorist attack. It was the big hotel terrorist attack, and we were about a quarter mile away. Wow. And we were in an Uber trying to get home during the terrorist attack. It took us like over three hours. And then the embassy told us that we had to stay in our Airbnb and we heard gunshots and bombs go off for days. And then finally we flew home. <laughs> so I didn't get to complete my internship, but yeah, it was pretty wild. For a good oh. reason. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. That's, Me either. That's just like, I'm sitting here and thinking, what would I do? Not that. I would panic. <laughs> I'd be panicking. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Yeah, panic's a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ooh. Is that one of those things that you're like, I'm not going to text my mom until she texts me first because I don't want her to, because I just think of like your mom being home going, oh yeah, that's where my daughter's staying. No big deal. Yeah. I just, I called my dad and I was like, dad, there's a terrorist attack and I'm in an Uber. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to get home, but the Uber's taking forever. <laughs> I'm not leaving them a good yeah. review. <laughs> <laughs> Three stars. Three stars. Not not fast enough during a terrorist attack. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but overall, take advantage of the internships that your colleges provide and international studies that you get to do. I think that's definitely shaped my opinion on a lot of things, and I was able to travel for free almost all these places. So yeah. it's amazing. So each program was with MIT, MIT students, MIT professors, things like right, that. Right, right. And then yeah. MIT funded it. So I got to Very go to cool. Africa twice that's for awesome. free. and bunch other places yeah. one of the great benefits of going to a big school like that right <laughs> that they fund all the things so something not on our little question list but how cool was it to be a student in boston <laughs> i think boston is the best college city of that there ever was i think um there's i think like 60 something colleges in boston yeah big schools like mit harvard bu northeastern those are Boston College, all kind of in that area. And being a student there, you're not only interacting with your own college, you're interacting with colleges all in the area. So mm-hmm. you're meeting people who don't go to your school, which I think is something that you don't get with a lot of other college towns. You're just in a college town with your with one school. One. Mm-hmm. And also, I think living in a city as a college student is definitely a unique experience that I was very interested in. And I am glad that I made that decision. Have you become a Red Sox or a Patriots fan? Definitely never a Patriots fan, but okay, I, I do go to Red Sox games. <laughs> Fenway cool? Fenway is very cool. I used to live very close to Fenway. So. Okay. Awesome. Right now I live next to TD Garden where the oh, Celtics so, and the Bruins yep. play. Okay. Not a boring life. <laughs> Sounds There's fun. always something to do. Love <clears> it. Excuse me. Because have we talked about, because you're in grad school now, where are you going to grad school? Tufts, which yeah. is downtown boston she didn't leave boston she's like stay here forever yeah i was i was trying to decide on where i wanted to go to grad school and i was deciding between one other school and and tufts and i was like i don't really want to leave boston (laughs) can you tell us what that other school was uh it was emory okay in atlanta and yeah okay and i thought that emory definitely had a little more specific they're big with the cdc so they do a lot of infectious disease work which was kind of exactly what i wanted to do but I thought my quality of life would have been better in Boston. And for a six-year program, I wanted to stay in Boston. And a lot of my friends are still there post-college. So 
because you said earlier you're in a PhD program, right? right? So I'll be there for five to six years. <laughs> she looks very upset about that. That's a lot of research. Yeah, she, <laughs> she says with a smile. She's excited. Mm. You can feel it. We're us. We're not meant for research. No, better you than <laughs> <No>. us. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, so one of the things that we like to ask our alum when they come is some words of wisdom. So, okay, think back, way back, because it was a while ago. What is one thing you would go back and change? I think you've talked about this a little bit, but what is one thing you would go back and change about your personal college story? Something you'd do different. So I think I went into MIT expecting to be one of the dumber people there. And (laughs) I let myself freshman year get complacent. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, I just need to get around average on these tests. And I don't think I was pushing myself hard enough and trying just because I was like, oh, this is MIT. I'm not supposed to do above average. And I think as I went on and got through my junior and senior year, I was like, if I actually put in the work a little harder, I could do above average. I could get A's in these classes and on Mm -hmm. these tests. And I think definitely going back and going into college, learning that you have to work so much harder in college than you had to in high school. And that's okay. And it's not that you're dumber than anyone else it's just college is like a such another level than Mm -hmm. a lot of high school you have to try still yeah you have to try (laughs) yes you got in but you still have to do the work yeah you do (laughs) that's shocking shocking information all right what piece of advice would you give students that are starting their college story so freshman sophomore maybe even just a senior that's about to start applying I would say don't get set on one major or one school I would say leave the doors open to other majors and schools. And I never thought I would go to MIT. I thought it was weird and nerdy. And then I am so glad that I made that decision. So I would say keep an open mind to schools and look all over the country. I would definitely recommend going outside (laughs) of the box and going somewhere else because I met so many different people who have such different perspectives on life, who people who come from very diverse backgrounds and has kind of shaped the way that I look at the world now and think about things. And I've made friends who live internationally, who live Mm -hmm. across the country. And I think that's something that I would recommend is just keeping an open mind and exploring every option possible. And definitely the same thing with majors too. I think a lot of people have their mindset on one major when they're going into college, but often people switch majors and that's okay. And I think just being okay with that idea of I don't really know what I want to do, but it has to be related in this some area. I think that's a good advice. Yeah. So what, so I feel like you had that place that you're like, this is where I'm going to go. What was that place? Do you remember? Honestly, I thought I would go to an Ivy League school, mm-hmm. a D1 school. And then I, I just, MIT was just exactly what I needed. And I'm so glad that I went there because the soccer was never a priority even for the coach and for the team, the coach knew any of these players could quit at any second because they value school so much more than soccer. And so the team atmosphere was definitely like that. And soccer was always second to school. And that's, I don't know if you find that at a D1 school as much. And so I would definitely say that going to a D3 school and balancing the soccer and academics was pretty feasible for me. That's awesome. Great pieces of advice. Mr. Mata was clapping at your looking all over the country. No, I, <laughs> I, I loved going through that process with you. Cause I remember you were, you were all over the map. Um, 
And it was just, you did, you did all those things. You had the open mind, you did your research, you knew what you were looking for. You knew what you wanted to prioritize and it, it all kind of fell into place. So, awesome. and it was so well said. So I, I got yeah. nothing, I have nothing to add. It's just, <laughs> you said yes, exactly. yes to everything. Yes, just, yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, thanks for being here today, yeah. Allie. Thank you for Thank spending you. some time during me. your break home. Yeah. So glad we could show you the CFI because this all happened after you. Yeah, everything so. is so new. I have not seen any of this. Maybe we should walk her over to Irwin and show her the new. Yeah, we need to walk. Have you been over I there I haven't yet? even been to Irwin oh. since they've been tearing walls. Yeah. We'll, we'll walk you over there. Okay. We'll walk you over there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you get notifications. We have a new episode every week. Um, but make sure you also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at ASES College. Thanks for listening to another fabulous episode of My College Story. Oh, 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 oh,